Welcome back, guys. Hey. hey. I missed you last week. Aww. It wasn't the same. We didn't have the same banter. I said, I'm, I turned it like it downloaded to my phone immediately. Like when I woke up, it was like on there. I was like, and play. <laughs> I said, these folks did take no notes. See what these motherfuckers doing without me. They ain't go. Uh, they. The, y'all didn't say the episode name. Kim. Y'all, I Kim. said, what in the foolishness? Kiki was like, I'm the moderator, but for real though, I ain't really the moderator. moderator. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what it is, yo. If you need a moderator, that's what Mel's here for. <laughs> She'll always have her seat. Heavy. I, was, I was dying. I was dying. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> welcome yes. back, Mel. Yes. Welcome back, Mel. Yay. We also have treats today. Yeah. What we got? So this is from another black-owned bakery here in Atlanta okay. called Sweet Cheats. You know, one of those episodes, Lizzie told Gia like, "Oh, your mama got in that house with all that healthy food." So I was trying to find like a healthy. <laughs> you can't dessert. get titties with a vegan diet, right? So I was gonna get us some vegan. <laughs> right, yes. better drink this milk. I was gonna get us some vegan treats, but the vegan shop's closed. So sweet treats, here you go. So we have got different little cake pops. Oh, I see that call, red velvet. They call. Crawfish. Oh, you got red velvet? Oh, that's it's mine. It's a red already, velvet. Already, uh, There's a red velvet, a that. lemon. Hell no, I called it first. <laughs> <laughs> strawberry, champ, strawberry champagne, um, salted caramel, something else. Now, where are they located? They are located in Cabbage Town. <gasps> Is this oh cookies and cream? Yes, something like that. I get cookies and cream. You can have the red. So I used to live in Cabbage Town when they opened. Thank you. Uh-huh. I could just walk down. You know they had those huge cupcakes. Yes. So I would just walk down. They had huge cupcakes. Yeah, and I so, like the family. And then this is a brownie. It's a gluten free brownie. So hey, I tried. I was trying to, you know, Faru and Gia and them. Faru and Gia and them. <laughs> I was trying to do a little something, something. So we'll see what this gluten free, serious um, brownie tastes like. Yeah. It's huge, by the way. So. It's got almonds, shaved almonds, and caramel, okay. and fudge, and I guess you gotta put all that on it when you take all the gluten out. All right. <laughs> I'm like, I like gluten. Give me some extra gluten. You know, Mel's, oh. Mel's dairy free, so I was also trying to consider Thank some things, you. but. Gracias. But anyway, sweet treats is great. That's right. tasty. Cabbage time. And we should support this lady um, mm-hmm. and her, her family. Marcus, if you don't reach over here and get this damn red velvet, I'm telling you, I'm gonna get it first. Right. <laughs> well, so we gonna do introductions. Uh, it's your girl Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Mel's back. Hello. It's me, me eating this cookies and cream pop. It's uh, good. It's Kiki here. Kiki Kim. I don't know what my name is. Just call, I'm just Kim. Yo. I don't know. Whatever wow. you want to call me, that's who I am. Just don't call me a bitch. Yes, <clears throat> I'm good. You okay. and I, T-Y. <laughs> it's your boy Marcus, a.k.a. Jet Jones this week. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. He all off the episode, y'all. I was like, who was Jet Jones in the show? <laughs> I was like, is he a maybe he's side McKay. character? Maybe you should be McKay, because, you know. I'd rather be Julio Jones with that $22 million. <laughs> with that $22 million salary. The limit is what's up. <laughs> the limit was good? It was really good. I just cut it in half. Okay. That was good. Mm-hmm. 
that lady that owns this used to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. So like when you walk into the place, like she has her pictures and some of her awards and stuff up. It is real cool, real cool family. How the hell does she keep in shape like that with all this sweetness? Well, that's where it comes from because mm-hmm. she would have a cheat day. Mm-hmm. And on her cheat okay, day, yeah. she wanted something sweet. And so that's why it is called Sweet Cheeks. I got you. Right, hit, them, hit them up in Cabbage Town, mm-hmm. East Side. That was really good. Yep. All right. So we wrapped up the show, Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of sad that it was over because I was like, I can just get a little bit more to show. Mm-hmm. Even though I was a little bit depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, but it made, I like that it made me think. I like that it looked at mental health and the way it did and mm-hmm. drug abuse the way it did. And I feel like if you are a parent, if you are a teacher, if you are any, anyone who is around young people or teach young people or with them, they need to watch this show. Mm-hmm. I feel like this took it to another level. I feel like it, it perfectly encapsulated everybody born after 9-11 mm-hmm. to me. How so? I, I can see that. That's why I, should, I, I, mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I just wanted to know how so. It's just because this whole time period we are in feels anxious. Oh, yeah. Everything just feels so sped up, and I'm old as fuck. I can only imagine if I was young how I would feel in the middle of all of this. I would be fucking rude, dude. I'd be like, I need some more medicine. <laughs> <laughs> more pills? Do you, you have any more pills that I can take? Right. I mean, because it's social. I remember the day 9-11 happened. Yeah. You know, like we can all say where we were or whatever. Um, and just just feeling that kind That's of tomorrow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh shit. Y'all. Yeah. Ooh, boy, I'm a nurse bad. But just where I was, like you remember like your parents would be like, Oh, I was here when, you know Kennedy, Kennedy or, or your yeah. grandparents, whoever. Or um, Magic Johnson HIV announcement. Yeah, I mean that was a, a moment in history. That's a moment. Really? That's that's a seventh grade class. That was a, that's a it moment. was a moment. I remember that. I remember uh O. J. Simpson, you know, yeah. the verdict. Because we were in school, we were allowed to have it on, on Channel One TV, so all the black kids run down the hallway screaming, and I'm like, it's mad. I was just like, all right, really. <laughs> um, but 9-11, it, I, I'm happy that it, it opened up, because I feel like her parents are, because they are, they could be our age, or a little bit older than us. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that. Was yeah. Just, yeah. That's just pressing. It is. But, but true. But we alive. For us, not yeah. for yeah, yeah, yeah. Julio over here. I mean, I was yeah. 11. But you couldn't okay. be their parent. But you, I mean, no. you remembered it, though. Yeah, yeah you remembered it. Yeah, I remember it, yeah. All right, and what you were going to say, you had something to say. Well, I guess when you're making that statement, I the conclusion, I like the first half of the season, but I like the back half of the season. And I guess, and I think it might be the, the same that you made, like, I struggle to empathize or relate to kids born after 9-11 because it, it essentially is a whole other generation. So their struggles, whatever they're going through, Though I'm not that far removed, it seems like I'm far removed from it. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't feel like, I felt like when um, Jewel said, I don't even have the attention span for like real mm-hmm. life. And I was like, that makes sense. Like you yeah. talk to a teenager, you, you're you going to make your head is going to spin. Like pay attention. Don't look at your phone for five seconds. Don't look at your Apple watch. Don't do all these things. Like pay attention to where we are right now. Everything is right now is instant. For this generation, mm-hmm. like everything's at their fingertips, in a way that I don't think 
well, I, I'm not going to say it, I don't think, in a way that no other generation no. has dealt with. No, like, everything is right now. Everything can happen right now. Like, you can talk yeah. to somebody in Bangladesh right now, seeing pictures, video chat with them. You mm -hmm. can, if you have a 3D printer, you can print candy at your house right now. Like, I don't know you can do that. I can yeah, all you need is the... <laughs> <laughs> How much of those candy printers? Yeah. Um, and so, while that is cool... It's also, I, I would feel like it just drives anxiety that you, that the fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. FOMO. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you have to be up on everything constantly or it's going past you. And, and I'm, I, I remember straight up sitting at home being like, oh, we got AOL. The computer was in my mama room. Like we couldn't, <laughs> it wasn't even downstairs. It was in my mama room. And like when AOL happened, and like you saw the chat rooms, but you would have to, it's dial up. Yeah. So you have to sit there and make those weird mm -hmm. sounds. You'd be like, damn, maybe I'm gonna get on in a couple hours. Who knows? And somebody pick up the phone, they fucking all right. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we didn't, we were that intro, but we still didn't have it. Right. You know, but yeah, I, I can't, my fear is, Man. I didn't, I did not understand just how much young people are exposed to everything. Every yeah everything and how much like that gave that shit gave me anxiety yeah but they're exposed to everything but then at the same time they don't have any guidance around what it is it's like uh -huh. the it, their parents who i guess will be our age are they seem to be mia and like they just <laughs> they, they just question. out for the job they just i don't know where they are i don't know what they're doing they drunk they high they're maybe all at a dinner party, but I don't know. I don't know what they do. Like I don't know what they're doing. I don't get it. Um, but I also think this generation, which they for the first generation, I think have had to deal with their own mortality sooner than we had to. Like I think I'm just now starting like to think about it. Yeah, okay. because of like school shootings or just the anxieties or the pressure that society has put on them around like safety. And things happening, right? If you're born after 9-11, then you also have that at any time a terrorist could do something. Whereas I didn't grow up with that. Yeah. I feel like Columbine was the big thing because I was still in high school. But after Columbine happened, that was a shift in everybody's culture. Mm -hmm. And But I still didn't go to school every day being afraid. Like it wasn't like we had, of course... It, it was some kids with trench coats and they cracked down. They, I mean, they were just kids that were just <laughs> in golf. They were golf so. kids. Mm -hmm. But they, I remember being in school and they were like, you cannot wear your trench coats in this school. I remember getting bomb threat calls on the phone. Mm -hmm. or somebody's gonna, I mean, these are kids just going outside on the payphone and we all leave in the classroom. But like these be lit. kids... Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, but, but they're making He's jokes about it. He's, no. But in, the, yeah. but in the show, they're making jokes about it because it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Where to me, I'm like... Shit, I, I think I would have to have my kids at home with me all day. Like, I don't know yeah. if I could emotionally I want to homeschool. Bye. I hope, uh, yeah, bye. No, hope I see my baby. I mean, I'm sure there are, like, kids out there. I'm sure there's, like, middle school kids transitioning to high school that don't want to go to high school because they're afraid of the stigma. 100%. If but a part of that is buying bulletproof backpacks is mm -hmm. the is what is in the media about it. So the other day I went to um, a safety initiative for one of our local um, public school systems, and there was a nonprofit there, and they were saying actually the mass shootings and things that are happening in schools has declined over the last thirty years, and that there was a spike between nineteen seventy and nineteen ninety, but it wasn't in the media, media. Mm -hmm. right? And so you didn't have that same 
pressure mm -hmm. as it is now. So now it is in the media and it's showing up in more places than just in school. Yeah. I think they're just having to deal with mortality and the anxiety that we put on them mm -hmm. in a way that we didn't have. They're carrying a lot of other people's well, mental I'm, health issues yeah. <laughs> plus their own. Well, I'm just like, um, I think my question was, where are the parents? And I think that's very, that might be very deliberate in this show. Because I is. was like, this is, the show should be called How to Raise Drug Addicts and <laughs> Like, you want to raise a sociopath? Here's how you do it. Well, I you like. You want to raise a drug addict? Here's how you do it. But I remember being in school, being in middle school, and it kind of, it was at between middle school and elementary school. And I'm on the cusp of, I'm 79, so I am Generation uh, X. Depends and on millennial. Who's asking you could be millennial i'm not a millennial millennial i'm not a millennial i'm millennial. not I, I, nope. you don't want to claim it nope yeah some no, some rankings they she's they call millennial. you an elder millennial or a zennial i think that's what that's I'm, not that. I'm not yeah no ma'am you are no sir i'm not <laughs> claim it oh my god I'm not claiming it thank okay. you very much <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I remember, you know, schools were cutting arts programs and mm -hmm. recess. So I'm like, you had kids who need, you need to get out and let some energy out during the day. But, oh, this kid has ADHD. They have this. They have that. And drugging them up. Like, yeah. I remember that me being in school. I didn't have, have to take anything, but I remember people having to do it. They wanted to put my brother on medication. My mom's like, no. Mm -hmm. he, he is a, he's a Typical, like, I guess it's, this is probably not Precocious. It's, yeah. Or all boy. You know, you say, oh, this all boy. Yeah. Like, we were in the emergency room probably once a month wow. with him doing something. Yeah. <laughs> like, they would walk in and say, friends, they were like, oh, there he is again. They knew him by <laughs> name. Like, my brother would just do anything. Climbing trees, jumping off houses, anything. How's he today? He alive. Yeah, because see, nowadays, <laughs> they would have called defects. Your, your mm -hmm. mom would have had yeah. a social worker had to come around. <laughs> now, with, after the second, after the first yeah. time, they would have We weren't doing nothing to him. He was literally doing stuff to himself. Mm -hmm. You would have had a visitation. We had a visitation, you know. Um, so I'm like, in watching Rue's story, this is a child that was never properly diagnosed with the problems that she had from the beginning. So if you just keep drugging her up, the fuck you think she's going to do is become a drug addict. And then she has all this real-life trauma and as an adult, I'm meeting so many people that have had trauma that I've never gone through or have, you see in the movies or different things, but they never dealt with it. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking to somebody who was like, I wonder why none of these relationships ever work out. I'm like, your fucking heart has been broken your whole life. Right. But you've never gone to a therapist to help fix that problem. You can't give to, what you never had. And, and I have never met so many fucking people in my life that now I'm realizing don't have coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And I'm someone that has dealt with clinical depression, mm -hmm. anxiety, mm -hmm. all these things. And thank God for my mom who taught me how to deal with those anxieties. Like I would pass out. I would be so upset if I thought we were lost. I would get nosebleeds. We would have to, I would have to breathe in a paper bag. Like this is me, like elementary school. So you were rude, except you I weren't drugged up. My mom never let me be drugged up, mm -hmm. and she taught me coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. She was like, why are you afraid that we can't get home? Like, my mom is a garage sale queen. Like, she's going to see a garage sale sign. We about, she about to, she'll do a U-turn in the middle of the fucking street. She don't give a shit. <laughs> and I would be like, what if we get lost? How are we going to get home? Mm -hmm. Like, but it, my mind was, so wired safety is at home. So mm -hmm. she was like, do you know how to get to this street and this street? I was like, yeah. You know how to get home from those streets? Sure. Well, then why, don't be stressed out because now you know how to get home. Mm -hmm. Or breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. or, so she taught me how to deal with anxiety in a way that 
as a child, I wasn't drugged up. I do take anxiety medications now as an adult mm-hmm. um, and have dealt with clinical depression, not like level of rule, mm-hmm. but that's reality. But I then say as an adult, I need to seek out a therapist to help me now from where my mom, mom got me, where do I need to go as an adult? I also think this mm-hmm. gener- this particular generation suffers from, whereas we, you know, when we were growing up, no matter what was wrong, it was like, drink this Robitussin and shut, shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to church and pray. You'll be all right. Mm-hmm. We didn't get diagnosed with shit. We didn't get nothing. And this, the generation, that Rue's generation, they got, di- they got prescribed everything. Yeah. Like, you blink too many times. Here, mm-hmm. take this pill. So, they drug them up. maybe... The younger kids may be better. <laughs> Maybe we can find a middle ground. Where I, mean, I, mean, yeah, I don't talk to parents. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Helicopter, like, oh, yeah. Lord. The, I don't want my child to fall down. Let her fall yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. The issue happen. is not the diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm cool with the diagnosis. The issue is the treatment. The treatment. And there are more ways to treat an issue than with a chemical. Mm-hmm. And also growing up, for me anyway, drug culture was not pill popping. Like, it wasn't. Xanax, Molly, Adderall, like that wasn't what people was doing. Like people were smoking weed. Like people were smoking weed. People was crackheads. You know, like it was a different. Like the, the drugs were different. To contr- and so once you give people a controlled substance, mm-hmm. and you make them addicted to that controlled substance. Mm-hmm. But then they can't get a prescription for it. Then you're going to go to the street to get it, mm-hmm. right? So before, in our generation, was was just say no to drugs and that whole thing. And this generation don't get just say no to drugs. No. They get, here's a good, here's a purple pill, yellow pill, green, whatever pill. Take all these pills that have all these different interactions with, with each other mm-hmm. that could be causing more issues. Mm-hmm. And then you get it on the street. Yeah. You get it wherever. You get any you get it pill anywhere. I listen, I tried Oxy when I was, um, I had surgery and they prescribed me Oxycontin. Y'all, I bullshit you not. I had my abdomen cut, cut open. And when I took that damn pill, I thought I was floating in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I was crying. I was like, I was, I was, I was like, tell her, I was like, please hold me down. I'm floating away. I'm floating away. <laughs> I didn't take that shit never no, no more. Right? <laughs> I didn't pour it in the sink. I threw that shit in the trash. I was like, can you please give me some ibuprofen? Very strong. Get like, some Tylenol. Like a uh, rude ass boy. Yeah. 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 That shit, yeah. That she shit did. was funny. But that, she when that damn girl drugs, 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 drugs,
And I thought of each one of the episodes. I like how they did it as somebody's story. So this was Maddie's. Mm-hmm. So we got to know who Maddie was. And I th- did you say that was your favorite character, Mimi? She's She makes me laugh. She's my second just because she makes me laugh. Okay. She's okay. just so clueless. And I'm like watching it like, why Because she's is so this? clueless. <laughs> she is, but she but she is a beast. Like, she's clueless in a way, yeah. but she's a, she's a fucking beast, this girl. Yeah. I don't know. What kind like, of beast? Like, beast? I mean, she was going to go for whatever she wanted. Whatever she wants, she was going to go for. I, I started liking Maddie in episode two. or Yeah, episode two, after she fucked the old boy in the pool. And everybody was like, everybody talking about you fucking old boy in the pool. And she was like, why everybody keeps saying we fucked? I was like, right. bitch, because you, you did. did. <laughs> you better be taking some antibiotics. Because it's oh. not safe. <laughs> Sorry for your vagina. So we had this episode was really focused around, I'm gonna say, like Maddie's backstory and how she became so not power hungry but very uh, confident. And so they show her as a little girl, um, and you see for the first time uh, the ramifications of when Nate choked her at the carnival. Mm -hmm. So this whole episode, or majority of the episode, was kind of figuring out how to deal with this. Um, she was walking around school in a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. And of course, somebody's going to see what happened because she hadn't eaten, hadn't drank. She passed out. And they was saw on that, a period. It was on a period. And they saw that uh, she had bruising around her neck. So of course, you know, somebody needs to be called in to see what happened. I liked the scene when um, <laughs> the principal was calling in everybody in to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is just perfectly indicative of how many adult like by the time adults hear something it has been going on for months yes every everything they said he was like what and they was like you know the girl that cut herself at the party he was like who what girl and then she's like you know they fucked in the pool what <laughs> like like this is like old news principle whatever and it really was that was like episode one yeah <laughs> I was like, principal, that was episode one get rid of it right get your right um, but it really highlights the toxicity of Maddie and Nate's relationship and how really fucked up it is. Yeah. Um, but I like the way that they showed Maddie's parents as well. Like they don't talk to each other. The dad doesn't sleep with the mom, and so she and it hurt. It hurts your heart because she's yelling at the mom like you want you want to call me out, but this is what you're doing. This is what you've shown me. Mm-hmm. So if you've never shown me anything positive or this is how relationships should work, then why do you think that I should know? So that it was kind of that was kind of fucked up. Then the daddy just never say nothing. I'm like, is he catatonic? Like, the fuck wrong with him? Right. He and the daddy's just like he was maybe on one of them gnaws. One of them gnaws. But I was right about that. Uh, <laughs> Selena Jennifer Lopez. I said, oh, this is where she got these this sparkly outfit from from her pageantry. So this is pageant day. So then my other thing was like, this show is really keeping the crystal business. Because that makeup, I'm so, I'm so I'm sick like, of that makeup. I don't know what to do. I'm from Texas, and we love bedazzling things. But this show took it to another level. I was like, y'all are keeping uh, bedazzling business, bedazzling business, ugly clothes. <laughs> and why is everybody house got old furniture in it? I was confused. Yeah. I know it's off topic, but I was like, y'all did not bring that up in the first in the episode last week, and I was like. Why do all these people's houses old have furniture? old furniture? If you look at it, it's all old for outside of Jules' family's house and Nate's family. Mm-hmm. They, they have these old ass furniture. And You're I'm right. Like, Rue's house. That was they have, they have like wood panels. Yeah, on I, I said they don't have no room to go. I guess I mean, it's in California. Well, I guess that's I, to show I don't know. an economic difference. Because Jules, just, it, they didn't have they, their houses looked okay. I know, but still, like. 
We don't know what Jules' daddy did. I know. He seemed, I don't know what he did. But you know that Nate's dad had the money or whatever. It's just like, damn, you just got some old ass furniture. I'm confused. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, that was my side note because y'all didn't talk about last week, so I had to agree. I, I, I don't I think we paid attention to the furniture that hard. I paid attention to everything. <laughs> um, then you see, uh, so basically, Nate, um, I'm sorry, Maddie tells Nate kind of throughout their little, I don't know, trying to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to be together. Everybody's coming down on them, everybody's against them. Like, she's like, you need to come up with a game plan. So that's kind of how it, that episode ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see that in the next. Uh, I liked when Cat um, became, I guess, she, it, yeah. it's a form of power exchange with older guys online. Mm-hmm. So she was basically, she was just trying to get, she was getting money. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I don't know if she, it didn't seem, it sounded like it was more of a funny thing to her, not a serious thing for people who aren't into that type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to lifestyle shame anyone, but... This was a kid playing online, making money. Mm-hmm. And then why in the world that little boy with the with that little baby boy with the face tattoos know how to do everything? Astrid. Astrid. Why he know Astrid. how to do everything? He was like cryptocurrency. Astrid this is what you gotta what? do. Astrid. He yeah. want this? He white boy Rick. Astrid. Do he white boy Rick for real? He white boy Rick for real. Astrid. Astrid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like I, he, Astrid's not in anybody's school, but he knows everything. He knows maybe everything. maybe Fisco is um homeschooling Astrid. I believe he, it. Maybe he well, he might be he in school, but school. he in like middle because I don't know. That maybe he's gonna be fourteen. Anybody's school. I don't know. <laughs> oh, he is. Um, we kind of see Rue and Jewel. Like Rue is falling more in love with Jules. Yeah. Kind of like you know by the day. Why though? I don't understand. I feel That's like, like her new drug. It, yeah. Yeah. It's so she's addicted to her. Yeah. Essentially, but why? Nothing because about she, her is appealing she, to me. Well, she's appealing to Rue. No, no, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I guess. Well, I guess. I, I should. What to me? I don't understand the appeal. I mean, for her, I think it was she less treat her well. But I think it was less. Like, but if a drug addict does is not going to determine to be with somebody that treats them well necessarily. I think she. I think when she saw Jules cut herself at their party, that was like, oh, who is this girl? We're Kendra's theory. Yeah, like and ever since awkward. then, she just grew mm-hmm. more infatuated with her, yeah. whereas Jules is just, I told y'all I didn't like Jules. <laughs> Jules like is Jules. just. I, I don't like, I don't like Jules. Jules. I like Jules. I like because Jules. Jules, we haven't gotten to this episode, but Jules, from this, like episodes five or six, what you're talking about, mm-hmm. from this point on, Jules recognizes that Rue fucking loves her and is in love with her. And Lexi she, she and other... Fuck behavior. Yeah, and Lexi <laughs> says little stuff like, oh, you're, you know, she's off drugs and it's because of you. Yeah. But she just keeps dragging her along, kissing her, flirting with her, and she knows that this could go really bad if... Because Rue's a fucking drug addict. Yeah. <laughs> and but, she knows this shit. But again, we deal, we're talking about teenagers. And they don't know what's going on. They don't know what's happening. They don't know. Jules... Jules is aware of the fuckery. I think she's aware of it, but that doesn't mean that she knows how to to fix it or not her. She doesn't she know how to fix it. it. No, because she, why would she? If thirty five don't know how to start their fuck person behavior, how would they explain Jules? I don't think she's a fuckboy. She just should be like. I don't think she's a fuck person. She just should be like, Rue, I don't really feeling you like that. And keep but, it moving. But I feel like she <laughs> wanted that connection too. Like, if they're looking for something in each other that they're missing. Real life connection. If you run around... Uh, having trysts with random people in in hotels, I th- I feel like they were looking for something that they found in each other. They just mm-hmm. they're just too immature to kind of figure it out. 
But I don't think Jules a fuck person. I'm saying uh, Jules a fuck person. Mm. I okay. So one of the things I guess all of them are like severely struggling with their identity mm-hmm. and what I mean, it means. They don't know who they are. Know who they are. Right. But struggling in a way with their identity is, I don't. I mean, again, it's generational. Yeah. But some of the things they're struggling with in their identity, I guess I didn't. Maybe I just was unaware. People were struggling with their identity so much at that time. And one of the things that Jules did say in one of those episodes was that she was trying to conquer femininity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that's an interesting concept. Like, to me, I was like, oh, I want to know more about this. Like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. But that other stuff, I'm like... Yeah. But I like, and I liked her. I watched all their interviews after the show. And she said that's something that she actually tried to do when, when she, in her real life when she was transitioning. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. I said, I, I really enjoy her character, um... Like she's gonna, everybody is flawed. That's and yeah. that's another part why I like this story. Mm-hmm. I like her except for Lexi. I feel like Lexi, <laughs> since they're doing a season two. Oh yeah, they're gonna. Lexi will be flawed. If I don't fez that little baby with them uh, tattoos on his face, ashtray, ashtray, ashtray them, uh, them them badass twins, Ooh. <laughs> and um, yeah. old girl that's vaping all the time. I don't care about her. Well, she just she's just another one that's funny that to me. She, she hangs out with, with Maddie, uh, and Maddie and them. She always got some. She real hood. She like hood. She banshee as fuck. Oh. Um, and I want yeah, Fez. I want Lexi's. So like, and I think Gia needs to be. They need to yeah. do those kind of. Um, if one so of them I twins fuck, with, like, let's go on, let's go on to the episode. One of them twins is gonna fuck with them, and what's gonna happen is we bait with the, that when she went and listed all the players, all the characters from the wire. Is that in this episode coming up six that we about <laughs> yeah, to get into? Yeah, okay, coming up. Uh, so let me wrap this one up. So then you see, um, so we talk about Rule, we talk about Cat, um, and then she's still kind of the, the little guy likes her, you know, it's like Ethan, but mm-hmm. you know, she's still playing with him, and she doesn't think that he really likes her. Blah blah. She needs help. Um, then you see, it was really my the favorite part of this episode was when you saw Nate driving into the hotel that the dad was yeah. driving out of, and yeah. they just kind of pass each other in the night. And I was just like, again, is this the episode I where the dad? These kids um, he was with the guy. With the guy, I yeah. liked that interaction conversation that he had. Yeah, because that guy was like, even though he was smoking crack, I think was it was I it? That was it wasn't crack. That shit looked like some straight crack. I thought it was he, oxy. Too. Was it oxy that you yeah, smoked? I thought it was oxy. Your boy put it in a, t- in a pipe and was like, "Let me put this in here. Let me smoke it." These some new I, age drugs. They don't do cr- crack is wet, so I'm not. Uh, yeah, I thought that was they, icy. You don't do crack anymore. It's not a thing. You do it crack until they see where you got. You got different. It's not a thing. Oh no. Um, so I did. I like that. I thought that was real powerful. And mm-hmm. then um, Nate's dad asking, like, "Did I cause all this to happen to my family?" Yeah, you did. You did, you asshole. And your yeah. fucking wife that ain't never there. Where the fuck she at? I don't know. Is she shopping? Is she, at <laughs> is she at Walmart? Where the fuck is this lady at? I don't know. That's what Maddie call her. Irritated. That's what Maddie call her a cunt. Because surely one that episode which we're gonna get to, I was like, "Where is this lady? She, where is she? Where is she?" Fuck out of here. Did they say what she did for a living in the no. episode when they were describing no. the women Nate like? Okay. They never said what she does. So maybe she doesn't okay. do anything. But then know. you would think she would be that. Well, never mind. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So that kind of wraps up um, the Bonnie and Clyde. So Bonnie and Clyde are Nate and Maddie, mm-hmm. the hot mess, toxic couple. But mm-hmm. I'm like, in high school, I knew couples like that. Yeah. I knew couples that fought. I knew girls that was getting their ass as kids. Mm-hmm. I knew people. I like. It wasn't that far from to me from reality. No, 
Now he might not be blackmailing people, but we the rest of that there. shit. This dude right yeah. here, crazy, <laughs> crazy. Um, okay, so that was, and I thought it was a good. I, I, I really have not had a bad. I didn't find any episode bad in this entire series. Me either. So I'm gonna rewatch it again. So then we're moving on to episode six, which is called the next episode, and this is McKay's story. And before we get into it... Well, before I say it, I don't like McKay's story. McKay's story is boring to me, but I will I say that. So I was going to be like, I don't like McKay. <laughs> oh, I was like, like why is McKay there? Why don't you like McKay? I agree he shouldn't be there, but why don't you like McKay? McKay and Cassie... Like, in the story or in this, like... I don't like the character... I don't, I don't like the character McKay mm-hmm. because he's not... He and Cassie, to me, are not interesting. They are basic fucking people, basic fucking characters. I, we know a million of their stories. Like, it's not... It's not newsworthy. Cassie's story is more interesting to me than McKay's. McKay doesn't have any interest. There's nothing interesting about him. I'm like, you. I could I could knock you over. You think you're going to be a professional fucking football player? <laughs> like, well, we talked about that. I think well, the issue I mean, with McKay's story is that the writers struggle to deal with blackness and black masculinity. Mm-hmm. But the, and they, they get toxic masculinity, but they, they, don't, they don't understand... Black <laughs> I think that he really wanted that character to be deep, and because in his he was like, "This is such a deep and and I'm like, no. did you watch this show? Because I just watched you play this <laughs> character. Uh, yeah, I just Every well, that's I that's it. why I said last week, um, and that was because I, yeah, I had seen these episodes, but I was like, it's not believable that his dad didn't prepare him at all for you. Maybe you won't be the best, McKay. <laughs> and I'm like, Everybody I'm- in college. Everybody that they picked is the best. Is the best. You're gonna have to be even I don't know why you no, expect it to be the best when you got that's the dumbest shit I ever no, heard in my life. No, no, I, that is I, the I, dumbest no. shit I ever heard in my I, life. My mama tell me I'm the best at everything and I do believe it. Right. Even when you get picked to yeah. go to a college, yes. you're told by your parents and everybody that everybody around here is just as good yeah. as you. Now you gotta be Better, they you gotta step that. your game up. Yeah. But this is the generation I mean, that gets a trophy. No, for no, no. Team. well, no, I'm talking about you know we we go to power football schools, and every behind the scenes interview, recruiting um, story, they're all that. They're all saying we knew we recruited the best, all of, and I knew I had to step my game up. Everybody, why didn't why does McKay not know this? Listen, McKay, <laughs> McKay is a brother of them two badass twins. They don't know what's going on. No, 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 no. McKay knows he needs to step his game up. But in college athletics, if you're a freshman, you have you have to wait your turn. And that's the first time in his life where he's had to wait his turn. But I'm specifically talking about the conversation he had with his well, dad. No, no, that, that's a whole other thing. I don't agree with you on that. So what is his father supposed to say to him? Like, I can understand, like, you're not, I want to say... To like telling my son you're not gonna go to the NFL that type of thing. Like I would never tell. I would never. I'm not tell saying my son that. that, but I'm saying for your son to say, "Man, I was this good in high school. I thought I was gonna be this good in college." I would have looked at him and been like, "How sway?" But that's. What but mean? I think. Like, that's, why? Why, why, why did you why, think? Why, why would you, I actually think would, that story is why would, more common than you think. And exactly, and like think back to your comment, I don't like the writers not understand black male masculinity. Like I would never. As a father, tell my son, you're not good enough to play in the NFL. Like, people get mad at LeVar Ball for being whatever 
saying outlandish stuff about his son. I'm saying outlandish, <laughs> saying outlandish stuff about his son. But he's his father the other year because exactly. you, you want exactly. your dad to be like, I, my son is going to be The world is going to tear my child down. I'm not going to tear my child down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be my son's biggest fan. I'm certain in public you're supposed to do that. In private, you're supposed to prepare your child like, hey, everybody's going to be just as good as you. You got to step your game up. In, in public, I'm not going to be like, you you ain't got it, boy. Like, I would never do that. <laughs> you ain't got it. In private, I'm going to be like, look, we know everybody who got here is just as good as you. Now you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do A, B, C, D. I think, I think it's, and I'm going to say, because I work with youth, right? And so we have a lot of our kids who play for D1 schools. And when they come back, they're always like, this D1 experience is not what I thought it was going to be. Because in high school, they didn't have the certain equipment or they were the best in their high school. Mm -hmm. And so even though they're like, I'm going to go to college and yeah, I know there's competition. They don't know the competition is at the level at which Mm -hmm. it is. And nobody prepared them for that. They didn't know. So I think it is a lot more common than you think. Having the winter term is a thing. Like he's not going to play as a freshman. I mean, I know that. He should know that. He, he, that, he, that's my point. He, Why he, don't you know this? And it depends on how he was recruited. It depends on how he was recruited. What to they that. told him uh-huh. when they said how he was hyped up. I think he his whole story is just not well developed. It, that, that's and the, that's, that's really the issue. The issue, that's the issue. Is that it's just not developed. Not that it's not realistic that he wasn't prepared for that next level because that is. But yeah, his story is just not developed. Well, guys, do better next time. Susan, too. Hire a lot of black writers. Well, every time I see him, I just think about the new edition story, and I just want to sing every time because he was Ralph Tresman in the new edition story. Oh. And every time I see him, I just want to. I think Odal break out his hair. I was like, I can't. That was not how Odal's hair was <laughs> when he did the uh, costume party. Okay. Was that Nayam? Did he not? Was he not Odal in the costume party? For Menace to Society? Yeah. Yeah. That's, no. who, he that's who he was. Yeah, he, I guess he did kind of look like yeah. I guess. That's anyway. Well, I, my mom's always yeah, told me I could be anything I want to be in my whole life, in my whole, and I believed it too. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But this was sad ass old dog. But that's yeah. who he was supposed to be. Yeah, um, I think that's what he was supposed to be. So. <laughs> okay, uh, we're we going to go through no, So, I guess two of us like him and two of us don't. His character. I don't. The dis- writing of his character, we think, could have been done better. I mean, they think we all hire, agree on that. Hire better black writers. Zendaya can make it happen. Drake can make it happen. Just call right, people. Right. There's no I'm black different people to him. Him and Cassie, to me, I was just like, please get them off my fucking screen. Like I, they I are like so. Cassie. They're not interesting. It's I've known that I've gone. I've lived this story how many times? Like it's just it's not interesting. It's not. I'm sorry. I can't. I don't like it. I like Cassie. To, well, I guess we're going to get to Cassie's story. Yeah, her story's next. But pretty privilege is a thing, and I mm-hmm. think that's what made Cassie interesting to me. But. Okay. So we, so I put it in my notes. He's just not that good at football. <laughs> so he realized he's not that good at football. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of going through uh, his identity crisis as well about who he really is and, you know, sitting down doing the numbers like, what's my chance of getting to NFL? Zero, buddy. Call it a day. Um, then he, Cassie comes over for Cassie comes to the, uh, his university for a costume party and she wants to be dressed like really sexy and super cute and he's like you can't be doing this because mm-hmm. we're going to my frat and you just I'm sorry you can't do this mm-hmm. um, so then he makes her dress down so she's feeling some kind of way about it then they go back to his 
dorm room. Oh, that was and this up. is what I have a question about because maybe I have rewound it, but maybe I still don't know what really so, happened. I thought they made a side of mine. So <laughs> I put in here simulated rape scene. Mm-hmm. Then he starts to cry. Was that what happened? He didn't get raped for real. No. no. Okay. I could, I could, I just, I didn't know what was going on. Are we sure? I'm it pretty sure like he the didn't. Guy had underwear on that was yeah, behind him. So I just, it was just a lot. They was just hazing. fucking hazing with him. It was hazing. I mean, hazing with him. Hazing him. Okay. I just want to make sure. I, I rewound it, but I still wasn't a hunk. He was crying so hard. I was like, oh, shit. I, Maybe I, he did get I, I, don't, I don't know. You, you were brave to rewind, rewind that scene. Because he was crying. I didn't know really what had happened. I thought he got side of us. Yep. At assault. I mean, assault in front of, was in front of her. Yeah. I don't know what happened. It was that simulated was sex. Confusing to me. It was simulated sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was being hazed. He was crying. He went to the bathroom. And he came back out. She texted. Was she texting Maddie? Like he's I just sitting on the floor. He, I think she's probably texting Lexi. Lexi. Yeah. So, you know, he's just crying. He comes out of the bathroom. And I guess he was like, that's why I'm like, I wish they, now the talk, the, the black masculine story needs to be better told. Because mm-hmm. he kind of walks out and is like, we about to fuck. Mm-hmm. And then he couldn't, like, get there at first. Right. So I was like I mean instead of just Can't blame him. No, I'm like or sitting there and let's talk let's talk through this. Let's give you a second to kind of compose yourself because something that was traumatic. It's not necessary Mm -hmm. to try to prove that everything is okay after something like that. Mm -hmm. By like why you why you talking on let's fuck. Like you ain't gotta do all that. Like dude, just chill out. (laughs) Bring it down five right Again, we got these are teenage. These are teenage characters. I know, but I'm just saying. Adults can't even do this stuff. I know, but I'm just saying that's just that toxic masculinity or whatever, or trying to prove how that bravado. Like, yeah, yeah, just you don't have to do all that. Yeah. So now we're about to get into psychopath. How to become a psychopath one hundred and one or two hundred and one. Right. I'm like this dude. He is. So then, this is when Nate is actually coming up with his great plan. Oh, okay. So, um. Nate decides to, he's about to get, you know, this. he's not going to go down for this. He's going to figure out the game plan because Maddie told his ass, you better come up with a game plan. Like, what's, what are we about to do? So he ends up blackmailing um, Tyler. Tyler shows up in his house. My Tyler, dude, get you some better locks, dude. I know. You like, didn't change your locks after the last time? Where your time? mom and daddy didn't live at because well, you are sim- not safe. Where well, you're simply safe. You are. <laughs> get you some rest of, uh, <laughs> You can get them. The spray? You can install it yourself. It's only $15 monitoring a month. Get you, what's that spray? You The pepper spray? Yes. Like, get something. Yeah. You need to get a, wait, a rape whistle. One of you those horns. <laughs> start yelling fire. I don't know. Like, you need someone to help you. Right. So he basically, um, Tells him, tells Tyler, like, you need to confess that you uh, raped uh, Maddie and then you got upset when she confronted you about it at the carnival and then you choked her. And then he's like, if you don't, then I'm going to go to the police and tell them that you're a 22 year old and you had sex with, you know, Mm -hmm. this child. Because, but he didn't, you know, he didn't know what was going on. Episode one. Mm -hmm. Then he takes it to another level, shows up at Jewel's house. That, these kids show be riding bicycles around. <laughs> they keep bicycles in business, those little vape pens in business, and crystals. This, yes. This is what yes. they do. This is what yes. they show about. Hope they are getting sponsored. Right. Um, so he shows up at Jewel's house. I'm like, bitch, just keep riding. I'm like, don't get off your bike. Just keep riding. Just ride away. Just ride away from this dude. Because I thought he was going to murder her and put her in a, in a truck. I know what's going right. So he's like, well, I need you to do something. If you don't, then I'm going to tell everybody, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to out you and... You're gonna have be on a sex registration, uh, sex registry because you sent um, mm-hmm. pornographic pictures. So then he actually makes her go into the police station 
and say that she was a witness to corroborate the, the story. Uh, to corroborate the story and that she witnessed what Tyler had done to um, to Maddie, which mm-hmm. none of it's true, but he came to her with photos that he had printed out of her that mm-hmm. she sent him. Right. So that was kind of fucked up. And it was just very, it was, I didn't know where everything was going to go. And I was like, who the fuck thinks of this? Like, I can be not nice sometimes, but I'm, I don't think I could like true crime something this right. elaborate while I'm doing my math homework. Nate, you know, I'm like, are they doing homework? Like, what the fuck? What's right. that? They're in a book report. Nate's story. Nate's studying for SAT. Like, I hate confused. Nate. But I hate his story. That story is so stereotypical. Time, I mean, I just, comes Nate, on the screen, I want to fast forward. Nate doesn't strike me as even being smart enough to come up with that. Absolutely. Mm. I just, I, I, don't, I didn't particularly really care about his whole so I'm just manipulation. Opposite. I was just like, eh. It was to me. It's just something to get from point A to point B. It was like whatever. I, I thought it was terrible. I was like, "That's dreadful." What he's doing to them. <laughs> he please leave. Please fucking leave Jules alone, dude. Leave Tyler alone. You don't really abuse these people. You you I'm, is the number one abuser. Just stop abusing motherfuckers. I'm please. mad. Tyler was now. When you last week you were talking about McKay, night eighteen or nineteen, fucking with the senior. Mm-hmm. Why was Tyler twenty three at the party? Now that's who I'm mad at. Tyler ass was twenty three at the party. Now that's a problem. <laughs> He should have been at the apartment, locked it all the doors. Right, right. <laughs> With some pepper spray and a rape whistle. In the simple, simple say. In the simple say, they called in. Um, so that's basically the, that's how we see at the end of the episode. Uh, there's the, a Halloween party for the high school students, and he's walking in like I'm the man. Him and and Bonnie over here mm-hmm. walking in there like they own the fucking party. Two dum dums. And uh, that's how it kind of ends because they basically beat the system, and um, right, it just it just it's it's fucked up. But but uh, Rue threatening those tw- threatening that twin, the twin comedy Lexi dressed up like the PBS painter. <laughs> When she opened that door, they started laughing at her. I was like, "Don't laugh at my friend." Oh, I don't laugh at Lexi. They, I thought it, it was just the whole episode was really cute. Um, I like the juxtaposition of the comedy with mm-hmm. like I'm like, this is what he did was real fucked up. Mm-hmm. To like you're ruin, you're trying to ruin someone's life that and he shouldn't have been at that party. Right. But, like you have now ruined this 22 year old's life. Right. Tyler, he said his retina disconnect. He can't see. Right. <laughs> like you already fucked him up. Like, dude, I feel for him. I yeah. really do. And, and do have, it all, Cat. Just out here living her best life. Right. Cat was walking around. She was like, like a care. I know she was a nun, but she was a specific nun or was, something. I thought I she was know, a slutty I nun. No, yeah, she, she called a character. Yeah, it's from a movie. I didn't. I don't know the movie. I don't either. I did like that the police officer was like, "Something is amiss here. Something about this story is wrong." <laughs> and she said this shit oh, a couple of times. Are you sure this is wrong? Something's she incorrect. Said, she said something just doesn't sound right or seem right. I'm like, bitch, put it together. You like, <laughs> you got a psychopath in her, a sociopath in over here. Like, put it together. You think somebody, after all this time, he's clearly been beat up. He can't see out his eye. Right. Go just walk in and be like, hey. And then the next five minutes, you have somebody else coming in and be like, I, you know what? This is true. <laughs> I'm not no police, but I do this a lot of time. Uh-huh. And that don't sound impossible in my, in my book. Right. I do have a question. Uh-huh. Side note. And that, that kind of ends our uh, that episode. I am confused, even at the end, does Nate have feelings for Jules? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Okay. I, I, I'm, I know I'm sorry, a little bit slow. Like, was I taking something? I don't know. I just was trying to figure it out in my heart because I didn't understand what was going on. 
And okay. I think Jules, when we get to that episode when she's super high, mm-hmm. is conflicted because she did love Tyler. Yes. But hates Nate. Y'all, I went here last week, but when when they when that fool came out that uh that mist and it was in the park, <laughs> y'all, I was like, please get back on your bike <laughs> and ride like the wind. <laughs> Just ride back home to your dad or wherever you gotta go. Go to right. anybody. Y'all, I was so, my heart almost stopped. I was like, he's about to straight up murder, death, kill this this girl. Yeah. Straight up murder, death, kill her. (laughs) And it was just such a fucked up scene. I have not seen, I have not seen many scenes that messed up and that well acted before. Mm Because I didn't know, I'm like, damn, do they love each other? Do they hate each other? I told you that was my episode. He touched her face. I was like. Kissed her? Dude, what the fuck going on here? My mind messed up. And I know what I like. I'm confused. I'm grown and I know what I like. You know, I'm, he's confused. He's confused. I mean, she confused. all of them confused. What's beyond confusion? Discombobulation. Like, bitch, what is discombobulated? She discombobulated. He discombobulated. I'm discombobulated. <laughs> Y'all, I had to. I had to rewind the entire thing because it was so complex. I was like, you were looking in the face of somebody that would. It seemed like when he touched her face, he Ted Bundy. He's Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy. Yeah, he's Ted Bundy. Oh shit! Even in the way he got oh. out, out, out of you know the law. You seen that? Y'all time out. You seen that? You seen that meme? Um, where they was that meme with SpongeBob? Like I'm a I'm a be out or whatever. I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna yeah. head out. Somebody said this is Ted Bundy. Every time he got locked up, locked up, I'm gonna head on. Jumped <laughs> 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 out window. Off, did he escape like three times? Yes. Walk his ass out the court yes. with a camera. But yeah, that I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't attach him to Ted Bundy, but I was just so, anytime I see him in a scene, I'm automatically nervous because I'm like, who he about to kill and murder to death? Marcus over here dying. We're going to have a Nate story oh, next. Uh, it's cool. Crazy. <laughs> you said Nate going to be a live hunter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that was, I just, I'm sorry, that was a side note, but I just did, I didn't talk to y'all about it. Like, I just had to make sure that we was on the same page. Yeah. Because I still think I'm, I might be on the wrong page still, but y'all help me a little bit, understand a little bit better. Yeah. That was really complex. Um, okay, so then we'll move on to episode seven, which is called The Trials and Tribulations of Trying to Pee While Depressed. I love this episode. And this, we delve into uh, the character that, one of the characters that I like the least, Cassie's story. Um, and to me, this, this probably was my favorite episode. I love this episode. It was my, it had the way it described depression, depression and anxiety and anxiety. Yes. I've never seen anything described so perfectly in my yep. life. I made notes on that. I was in like, this perfectly describes depression. Yes. And you know, I, I hadn't, I'd never got diagnosed but like when i was like 24 25 that's why i'd be like that quarter life crisis shit is real mm-hmm. um i was so depressed like it just felt like a weight i didn't want to leave i didn't want to go to work mm-hmm. when i went to work i was purposely almost trying to sabotage myself like you know fire just get rid of me like i just you're wasn't doing, doing so shit hard. you're doing so hard i had suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and like all of that mm-hmm. um but yeah, but and then when she went into her manic state and did the PI, yeah. I love that part shit. Of the Rue was the only good part. Rue and Lex, like that was it. The rest of the episode, like Jules, I just don't like Jules. I've come to. You don't like Jules, Yeah, I, I don't hate her. Rue and that damn cigarette. 
Lacey yeah. was like, dude, right, I can't right. breathe. You're your right. cigarette, I can't breathe. She was like, let me just smoke another cigarette. She was like, she was like, piece of the gum. I'm a goddamn genius. And she was like, she's good to go. Yeah, damn girl. I said, you should be on CSI. And she was walking around with them suspenders in the bag. Like, walking It was perfect. It was great. It was perfect. Yeah. I thought that was perfect. Okay, so before we dive into that, so we kind of, um, so this is, so what I like is that uh, Nate, Nate's dad asked him, you know, basically confronts him, like, I don't know what you did to get out of all this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm like, you know your son did something fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know he hurt other people. You now you just tell him you confront him about it, but you didn't make him confess anything. You didn't give him any consequences. This is why this fool is a sociopath, a psychopath, whatever one it is, right. whichever one it is, it's one of them two. That's that privilege. Woo. The, Wait, the what was that the next episode? The altercation. Yes, that's mm-hmm. it. Oh, okay. He just he just uh, remember when they couldn't get into the restaurant, and then the dad was like in the in the hallway. You know, you did, I know you did something. Like, what did you do to get out of this? So, and I was like, dude, you still not holding him responsible for anything. That's why he gonna keep doing the crazy shit he doing. Because of you, bye bye. Um, then you kind of get Cassie's backstory that uh, her parents had broken up. The dad drug th- addict. was mm-hmm. a drug addict and alcoholic, and he was on got hooked on opioids mm-hmm. as well after a car accident and taking painkillers. Um, and then he had you know kind of robbed them, and she kind of kept that secret. And that's a lot for any child to keep. Um, and I am a product. My my uh, have a parent who's a drug addict, and I'm like that is. If you have a parent who is a drug addict or an alcoholic, that is with you your whole life. Like, mm-hmm. There's never a point in my entire life that drugs or alcohol will not be a part of my every single day. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lot for somebody to have to carry um, with themselves all the time. Uh, she, that girl was doing it on that, on that skating ring, though. Um, oh, yeah. I was like, girl, you could go to the Olympics. I like this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she didn't fight. <laughs> she didn't, you know, the dad didn't have the money, so mm-hmm. she didn't pursue um, ice skating. Then the mom got depressed after the dad, you know, left. And then she was... Alcoholic, basically. Yeah, she was like, my mom's addicted to wine. I was like, me too. Was like, <laughs> Many of women are. <laughs> like, I'm drinking this wine right now and put us out. Um, so, <laughs> so that was just kind of kind of a sad situation. Um, so you kind of see it. Her mom, you know, she was... Her mom was really depressed. Like, mm-hmm. all you saw her do is walk around in lingerie up until then be sleep on the couch, say crazy things and with a, a glass of wine in her hand. Yeah. Um so that was kind of that was kind of sad. Then Cassie uh realized that she is pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, I saw that coming. All right. That's so I was like her and McKay's story to me weren't interesting because it wasn't it was very basic. Like it, they're just they're not interesting. I'm sorry. They're not interesting. I do not like them. And I I didn't like her I didn't like I liked the way she acted the character. I just didn't like the way the character was written. Mm. I don't think that she was written strong enough where she actually really was a strong person. She is, she is a strong person. Um, and I just don't think it was acted that way or written that way. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes, well, I think what, how can I say? Cassie's story, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Her and McKay's relationship is not interesting, but mm-hmm. I think Cassie is interesting because I think when you grow up being told that you're pretty mm-hmm. and then people don't see you as a person. They just see you as pretty and they see you as an object and you are not developed in a way, in a, in a way like another character may be because people objectify you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I felt that that was interesting. So she has that going on along with the other things that's happening in her family. Yeah. I, you know, to me, she's a, I, I empathize. Mm-hmm. 
with Cassie. With Cassie. I did. Poor thing. I, poor little tink tink. She's still poor little tink tink. She is poor little tink <laughs> um, I, But I was really impressed. Like, her mom kind of just kind of got it together real, you know, she was like, mm-hmm. when she got off the couch, like, what's wrong? What we need to do? I'm here for you. She, Her mom really showed up, like, in that moment. So I don't know if that may be healthy. Next season, it'll be a turning point, and maybe she won't be drinking a lot of wine. I don't know. But I did like the fact that her mom did stand up and, and help her through that, um, through having an abortion. Mm. This whole time, I really thought they were going to charge him with rape or something. I just, this whole. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I wondered um, with that whole situation, would, and I haven't researched anything, maybe somebody has, but would people have, especially going on now with the all the abortion laws, mm-hmm. um, have a reaction to her seemingly not wanting to have this abortion? Oh, no. But McKay obviously did, and yeah. she felt pressure to have it, but it didn't seem like she wanted to have it. Well, I'm like, I don't think anybody wants to have an abortion. Well, know, necessarily. I mean, that's that's an emotional. You may not want to go through. Um, you may not. You may know that this is not right for you, but the psychological and emotional imprint that's left on your life after having to have one is gonna is gonna impact you in not the best way. No matter what, so I don't. I don't. It was just going. I think we saw her really going through. This is the process. This is being, and I. I like the the way that they showed the doctor. I like the way that they showed her putting her earphones in. Like this is a real situation. So I feel like not that she wanted to have the baby, but fuck, this is what I have to go through. Mm. Mm, and he mm. wasn't with her. The person that you're in love with is okay. not holding your hand. You know, I, in the in the rewatch, I had. When she first told him, she, she seemed like she wanted it, and then McKay His said something. Yeah. McKay was like, "This ain't no fairy tale." Da no, da da da. And then once he said that, she was like, "Well, I ain't saying that I want." Like mm-hmm. she kind of. Yeah. So I don't know. That's why I was wondering if that would be triggering, con- or like a- controversial. Like the people who are pro life and they are for all these anti abortion. Okay. I don't know. They would use that as like, you know, I don't know. See, this is an example of why you we need these laws where you have to, um, you know, in some states, the doctors have to, the pelvic, they want the pelvic exam and show them all these, I guess, dead feet. Like they, they're like, this is why we need this because people like Cassie really want their baby. I don't know. So I just didn't, I, I just wondered that, but I hadn't looked. But those same know. people will be like, people like Cassie want their baby, but then see the environment that, that poor little baby Tink Tink will be growing up in yes. and wouldn't give a, they wouldn't Any care. Right. They wouldn't care at all. Care. Right. Be yeah. like, oh, this is a toxic home environment, but she had that baby. Uh-huh. Right. Like, These hypocrites. Fucking hypocrites. Um, so we see that happen, and then Rue um, goes over to Fez's house, and he's kind of like taking care of his grandma, and you see, you know, she really is kind of in a catatonic state. You never, I don't, we never find out what happened to her, though. Right. right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I need you to scare Nate because he, you know, messed with me and Jules, blah, blah, blah. So um, it, later on in the episode, he basically confronts Nate as Nate comes and, you know, to get some papers or whatever, he, rolling papers, whatever he's getting. And I'm like, dude, please don't confront this dude. Like, he will murder, death, kill you and your grandma. And she barely, <laughs> and she almost did already. Like, but he does confront him. He's like, I'll kill you if you don't stop messing with them. And then we find out that Nate rats mm-hmm. them out mm-hmm. to the police um, right after they had gotten a big drug 
shipment mm-hmm. from Mouse. Yeah. Um, Mouse is clearly uh, off the rails and will kill. Whoever. Like, like but, Mouse so scary. I feel like that mother. They just pulled that motherfucker off the street for real. I'm like, who like, be in this real. show? I'm just hey. trying to figure out how they had that much time to flush that much my, down the toilet. Again, Mouse right. reminds me of one of the characters from that first season of Breaking Bad. One of the um, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember the guy's name. I know who you're talking about, it, though. Mucho, he, no, Mucho, what's his name? Let me look it up. He reminds me of one of those guys from the first season. <laughs> Man, they pull Mouse off the street. They pull Mouse. They, they like, pull Mouse on the corner. I mean, the from, same from way they pull Fizz off the street. Like, White yeah, Street down they, here. They, like, hey, come be in this show. Yeah, yeah. They're like, we're going to pat you down first. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you read the script real quick? Thanks. Just be yourself. Just do you. Yeah. Um. So then we... Uh, so then we kind of see them having to flush out these drugs and my heart sank because I was like, there, there's no way they're going to pay this man back. He will kill you and your whole family. Like, he will wipe y'all off the face of this earth. Um, Mouse so, is crazy as hell. Yeah, that was that was kind of scary. So that's kind of how that um, ended. But the Rue playing the detective, her and Lacey, that, that goes yes, out of history. I watched is. that a few times. That was really entertaining. It was. And I was like, they just everything about it, her manic, everything about it, the clothes, the way they shot it with kind of like um, it looked like everything a was filter, kind of the, the grainy yeah. filter, yeah. It was just it was cool. And Lexi really is Rue's best friend. Like I think that episode and the episode before, I was like, hey, Lexi, you got a special place in my heart. You really <laughs> do love you. This is she really your her. friend. Yeah. You yeah. ride or die for her. You gonna help her when she's feeling low and you know wondering, contemplating life. Too close and you're gonna heart. help her while she's yes. <laughs> Uh, you gonna, that was the name of the character. Two plus Salamanca. Okay. <laughs> man, Rue was on. Rue was. I'm not saying on one, but she was certainly in a manic state. And then she was researching it herself. She was like, "I'm in a manic state." And she was like, "Oh fuck, yeah, I am." And the, her, that her damn cigarette. I can't get over that. It shit. was good. Yeah. But it's like, I can't breathe. <laughs> like, put this damn cigarette out. <laughs> this girl can't breathe. And then they refer to each other like detectives by yeah. the last name. Yeah. Like, hey, I mean, uh, <laughs> Oh, Howard or whatever. It was perfect. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was so. It was so good. Um, so we, you know, we get that then. Uh, Rue, because she's in such a depressed state, uh, has not gone to the bathroom for twenty two hours. So she won't pee. She knows her bladder's filling up, and so she gets an infection. And then uh, she's kind of walking out of her room, and she falls on the ground. Her mom you know, helps her up and then gets her to the hospital and she tries to fake her way into getting, you know, some drugs, some opioids. But the doctor came in and was like, oh, your mother says blah, blah, blah. You'll be getting these Tylenols. So my question is... Didn't you think she did that? She was depressed. Didn't you think she did that on purpose to get to the hospital to get drugs? No, I've seen people crash their vehicles purposely to get, to get drugs and get to the ER. Yeah, I didn't I get that from. I didn't get. I didn't get that from. Yeah. that. I don't know. I didn't get it. I but she does like enjoy she, being in the hospital. She enjoyed yeah. it. She was glad she to be it. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like when you get to a certain like, I have not gotten out of bed for three days. Yeah, like and tried not to like pee. Like you're you're doing yourself self yes. harm. Um, so I don't know if she was trying to get there or not. I identified with the fact that she was just hurting herself. Yeah. Uh, and But my question was, so you in this room for this many hours, and I know you go out and you say something crazy to your mom and boyfriend, but I'm like... <laughs> your mama didn't come in there and check on you question. not one time. Your mama didn't come in there and be like, uh, clean this fucking room up, fold these clothes, do something. Like, first of all, okay, let's, let's, let's first of all start with this mama because this is when I said <laughs> this bitch. So the mama, yes, yeah. the mama. 
So you have your new lame ass boyfriend that's there because he's so lame. He's so lame. Jules was trying to be nice. I mean, Rue was trying to be nice to her Rue way. Yeah. But then when she finally says, like, this is my problem. You're this. And not only that, like, you're sitting in my dad's yes, chair. Yes. And the mom is just like, oh, don't talk to him like that. No, your child is clearly right. having, is hurting. She is clearly having some issues with this. You don't tell this man, I'm sorry, you got to go. Like, I've got to take care of my child. Or even if he stays, you don't walk back to the room with your child and have a conversation and be like what's going on or let's understand or let's nothing but none nothing in this show is literal everything is exaggeration it's not yeah. to be literal yeah. but still so, no like you need to check on your fucking kids you didn't even say well Rue, i understand or Rue, like acknowledge what she just said mm-hmm. about how she was feeling yeah. She was just saying, like, oh, this rule being a brat again. Right. But I was like, dude, like. I mean, she, she has threatened her mama with broken glass. So th- this was light, light work for Rue right here. Well, but I <laughs> because that's what it takes for her mama to get to get some sense about herself. But I feel like once Rue said the dad, that you sit in my dad's chair, like, that's when you wake up. Like, you kind of say, wait a minute, hold on, let me step back. Because that's when you feel like that you're talking to a hurt child, not just a brat at that point. Right. So. I don't know, it's fucked up. Ooh, that mama, let me tell you. I don't know. But they ain't give Rue no drugs. They ain't, she ain't get no good drugs. She got them regular basic ass people <laughs> drugs uh, in the hospital. And um, and throughout the episode, we left out that she had been texting Jules. Uh, but Jules had gone to visit her friends in the city. And she was living her best life of taking drugs. And um, Molly and meeting a new a new friend, having sex with a friend. And, and she had this strange, I guess, she was tripping mm-hmm. or rolling. I don't know which one she was doing. Yeah. One of them drugs. And they were in the nightclub. The girl had gone. The girl was going down on her. All of them. You know, I'm an old lady. Taking all them drugs. Hot girl something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So she was basically, the girl was going down on her on the dance floor. And she kept thinking and seeing Nate Mm kind of in this, you know, vision or whatever. So that it was kind of, that was, you see now she is in a very bad state. Like he's done nothing but bad things. He is not Tyler. He will kill you. But she was seeing Nate and yeah. Rue. Yeah, Nate and Rue. So I'm like, so I'm like, I don't, so I don't think she's a, I don't think she's a fuck person. I think she is just still very confused and doesn't know. And I think Lexi is in love with Rue as well. That's for <laughs> that's for season two. Uh, so then we get to the last episode, um, episode eight, and it's called "In Salt the Earth Behind You." Um, and you kind of open up with the winter formal and all the girls get together and they decide to go to the dance together as a, you know, as a crew. Um, you've never seen all of them sit down together and hang out. Uh, they Lexi with them, Maddie, everybody with them. Mm-hmm. So then you see, um, they go to the dance. They're taking <clears throat> some, they were drinking something in that Gatorade bottle. So they were already doing some drugs mm-hmm. or doing something. And then they get to the dance and Nate walk in with this blonde hair girl with her booty hanging out. Hanging all on And I'm like, what school y'all go to? Because I'm confused. It's a lot of, it's a lot of confusion. <laughs> and she got on. a lot of sparkles on her as well. Yeah. She got a lot of jewels going yeah. on. Again, keeping the crystal business in business. <laughs> in business. Um, so then you see Nate and, and Maddie's uh, toxicity pop back up because then they're trying to make each other jealous across the day. But I did that shit, so I can't be like. I just mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, I like the interaction at the table when they were like, I think it was Kat, Kat. was like, <laughs> You know, I think that in some fucked up way they'll be together forever and they'll 
fight and but then really be in love and then all down the line everybody went yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah it's gonna happen um and then so as they kind of go throughout uh the day and they try to make each other jealous and they dance with with another guy another girl and then they end up dancing with each other and holding each other and um and Maddie was the one that was like this is unhealthy you're a psychopath you know this is toxic and they just agree with everything mm-hmm. and it was just the way he was just like yes or whatever he said like this is true or whatever it was it was eerie and it was uncomfortable but it but it was just like because he was saying it so monotone like he agreed with everything but he was like well bitch we still dancing right i'm still want to see you like we're still gonna be booed up but like this is not healthy you are crazy and this is making you crazy you and i are bad for each other and he was like sure so can we go back to i don't i don't know if this was this episode i don't know they're running Mm -hmm. together the the DVD that she made a copy of, do, what DVD do we think that so is? that's the DVD of uh-huh. Jules and his dad. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she burned a copy and she right. Maddie has it. Right. This is why I like Maddie because Maddie, after Ma- looking... Ma- Mess-ass Maddie? No, but after, like I told y'all, she had... I thought clueless, it was the camera at first. You, um, you, like I said, she has this clueless or this hilarious look when she gets information. Mm-hmm. After she watched it, she just went... Like, just yeah. side to side. side. I was like, she was like somebody hilarious. see me? And, <laughs> like, and what record. did I just see? Wow. <laughs> and record. Um, so they're, you know, they dance on dance for blah, blah, blah. So then Jules, uh, Rue goes outside because she kind of sees that Nate has gone outside and she's basically like, you need to leave us alone, blah, blah, blah. He was like, he just was really rude and nasty to her. Like, he looked really He's... beautiful. But guess what? She's not going to remember you. That she, shit there. She's going to go on to be amazing things, and you're basically not going to be anything. You're going to be shit. She's not going to remember you in 10 years. Like, no true words have been spoken. Dude. And when you see Rue's face, uh, she I think it, found, it hit her like, he's telling the truth. Yes. Like, Jules is out here. I'm, I'm probably still going to be here. Jules is kind of, I'm going to say using me, but like I said, Jules knows that she's in love with her, and Jules yes. is just kind of like, like at, at that same episode, she mm-hmm. sat down and was like, "Are you in love with Anne?" I think that was the girl's name. Yeah. And she was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Well, are you in love with me?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kiss me. like Jules. You know this girl has problems. This Jules is this is somebody too. you. But this is somebody you can't drag around like that. You maybe can drag Anne around like What's that, and somebody problem? else. Jules, Jules, any any young person. She said, "What what Jules' problem?" Any young person, <laughs> any young person that has. The most fucked up sexual interactions with grown people online has a lot of problems. She like she she doesn't know how to have a healthy relationship. But she's self aware enough to know what it is. Yeah. She, she is has a lot of self awareness. She so is, but she's I'm, still a teenager. She, That's the thing. Like we can't expect a child or playing a te- this character is still a teenager at the end of the day. Like we've we I'm like people she, do this all the time. She is, but I'm going to go back to what Mimi said in the mm-hmm. last episode mm-hmm. when she was like, Jules really don't have a problem. I mean, like, she she's not empathetic to other people's problems, mm-hmm. but her problem or whatever, she's very self-absorbed. She's self-aware, mm-hmm. but she's also self-absorbed. Yeah. Like, and she, she doesn't, no, well, but on another level, I just don't think she gives a fuck about other people. I, that's just how like I... all teenagers. No, no, like, no, that's not true. All teenagers. She is on a whole nother level of, mm-hmm. I only think about myself. Because when Rue finally came to like, oh, dog, I do have my family and my sister and my mom. Like, 
I just can't leave with you. Rue is like, I mean, Jules like, I don't understand. I mean, I mean Jules was for, like, you want to stay for your family. <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> you mean your dad? You mean your dad that supported you? Like, <laughs> and, and y'all got new furniture in y'all house? Okay. Right. I'm like, what is this? What is her problem? I, so let's go back a little bit. So, <laughs> so Rue, so Jules is actually texting Anne throughout the night. Yes. Uh, texting her different things and Rue knows what's up, but she's still, you know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. So they go outside and that's where the the line comes in and saw the earth behind me. She's like, why don't we just fucking leave this place? Let's just fucking leave this place. And she's like, yeah, let's go. This mm-hmm. is Rue saying this. Mm-hmm. And then we'll salt the earth behind us. Mm-hmm. So nobody will come this way. This is a terrible place. So they they rock again. They get on them down by. I mean, they that's why they got zero percent body fat because they really <laughs> on those bicycles all over town. Right. So they like you know go get some clothes and you see on Rue's face like oh this is not a really good idea. What's she thinking about? She yeah. thinking about her family and what all she's already put them through. And throughout this entire episode, you see um, clips of when you have a relative or or a loved one or someone in rehab. What they ask you to do is write a letter to them that's basically uh, what you would read at their funeral. Mm-hmm. And that drug addict or that addict or whatever, they, whatever they're addicted to, sit there and they listen to it, usually in a church setting or in a funeral home setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it sometimes at interventions as well. So you're, her mom is reading all the hopes and dreams that she had for Rue throughout this episode. So you kind of see the mom uh, telling, her all, telling her all these things through this letter and Rue sitting in the audience um, listening to it Gia's on the stage kind of crying and so you you see that now she that's how she's now connecting with her family and she's like I I have family that I'm leaving what if my sister wakes up tomorrow and I'm not there she's going to be upset what if my mom doesn't know where I am and so they get to the train station they're about to you know boogie on out of town and make, make it to the big city where the fuck this big city is and um Rue can't get on the train she's mm-hmm. like I can't do this I can't leave and Jules is like I don't understand why you can't leave let's go and Jules rides off into the sunset on the train. Mm-hmm. And our friend Rue is just kind of stuck with her emotions. She does not know how to cope with what's going on. She hasn't been on drugs for quite some time or doing or having alcohol. So you haven't she actually has to deal with all these emotions, everything that's going on inside in real time without having any buffer. And then she um, relapses. And then she relapses. Um and that's how the story, that's how that kind of ends. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that they did it. Yeah. Uh, but then, <laughs> then before we end that, we also see Fez. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, he has followed Mouse to find, kind of figure out, like, where does Mouse, I know what he was, I thought he was going to kill I Mouse. thought, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's going to kill, I said, them dogs are really big, you need to watch out and go to the around the back. And they were barking, so he follows him to which I thought was um, kind of triggering. Like, if your dog's barking, you're not going to see what it's barking at, but that's what I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we had a dog that barks at fucking everything, so we got to ignore it. We need a, we need an alarm system for a reason. Uh, so you see him <laughs> following, safe. yeah, simply <laughs> safe. You see him following Mouse and his boy to a doctor's house, mm-hmm. and that's where they're buying the opio- opioids and the pills. Mm-hmm. So Fez, uh, they, you know, get the money. He sees how it's done. Fez goes in. He pulls a uh, mask over his face and robs the guy. As he's robbing him and about to, like, get the money, he looks over to the right, and the man's little child is, like, look, just staring at him. Yeah. And he was like, I got to get this. I got to get some money. Give me this fucking money. Then the guy pulls a a gun on him, and then he kind of, like, beats him up. Pistol whips him. Pistol whips him. He didn't kill him. So And I'm like, and Fez is not, I don't, he is not that person. He's not there to murder people. Um, well, not that way anyway, but maybe he does. I don't know. 
Uh, but so, even then, he's conscious because he doesn't. He's want very conscious. Yes. He doesn't want certain drugs because he knows. So. Yes, he in in this show he is a consciousness. Even though he does illegal things, I feel like he is a conscious of the show. We, like he is that empathy and that sympathy that kind of reflects mm-hmm. on everybody. Right. We didn't mention this last week, but that scene when um, Rue was trying to get drugs from him, and she was beating on that door. That shit had me. That shit had my whole. Yeah. My, I was in my fucking feelings like Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like, also like you wanted him to open the door. No, no. That she just acted the fuck out of that. Uh, yeah, I'm like, cause when you when somebody is so addicted to something, and then they, like again, she has if you not if you don't have any buffer with all those drugs, this is a girl that's been drugged up since she was a small child. Yeah, and she was losing her shit. She was like, I'm and, and she was like, you, you sold me all that stuff, got, so you, you fucked up. So and then, yeah. like to make him feel some kind of way, I'm like, bitch, you been like your parents and the doctors got you really hooked on things. He just helped further it, get yeah. you on some new stuff. Um, but you and you felt how sad he. I felt how sad he, he was, was. Mm-hmm. how he sad he was, how desperate how she desperate was, she was, how sad she was. I like how Fesco uh, makes me laugh because uh, in this, I think it was this episode, she was apologizing, or maybe it was the last episode, I don't know. And Fesco um, was like. Man, I don't pay attention to nothing drug addicts say, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's so fucking true. That was the truest thing anybody I mean, said. Yeah. Like I'm like, you never, you never trust a drug addict. Like they not, they gonna be lying to you. They open their fucking mouth and be lying to you. Oh, that shit. Dick, man. All right. They ain't no joke, dude. They ain't no joke. So then, um, uh, so we saw Rue put the. I guess I don't know if she was what it was, but she it was a line was or something. Line or something. She snorts it, and I was like, man, don't do it, don't do it. Just throw it on the floor. Just throw it on the floor. And mm-hmm. she snorts it, and then she goes to the Kanye Kanye mode. Now, this is where, how do we feel about what that ending meant? I don't even have a clue what it meant. I was like, I don't know if she did. I don't know if this is ghost. I don't know <laughs> if this is. <laughs> I was so, Rude I don't know. What you know that was actually her singing. Yes. 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 Really? Yeah. Yes. Mm. But um, I don't know what that was. So the theories are that uh, she's been dead the whole time, oh, or she died then, mm. or she just relapsed. Mm. I think she just relapsed. I, I don't think she's. I don't think she's been dead the whole time because she's too active in the story. And I heard. But that why theory. does she have the omniscient, all-knowing voice for every character throughout the whole show? And again, it kind of starts with her overdosing mm-hmm. so did she die in that overdose or is she in some sort of coma yeah some sort of comatose uh floating above her body type oh, okay, of okay. space mm-hmm. maybe she's not completely dead because some of the and i've rewatched it but some of the timeline per se mm-hmm. is fuzzy like it could have it could have been chronological mm-hmm. or was this actually a flashback or not? Because there are several times, like episode two, when she when they walk into the school together, this dude said, I thought you were dead. Yeah. And then another time when she's walking to get into the car, um, they say, somebody says, I don't like ghosts. And then somebody else was like, get in the car, Casper. And it was like several little mm-hmm. things like that where people were pulling from. They were like, mm-hmm. was she dead the whole time? Yeah. Or and then with the scene with at the end where she's like relapsing or whatever, yeah. her mom doesn't see her, her sister doesn't see her. Mm-hmm. Only person who sees her is her dad. 
her dad is dead, mm-hmm. kisses her, and then like they were like, is that him pushing her yeah. back to earth? That could be. And she survived. But at the end of that little scene, it ends with I go into this good night, which we know is death, mm-hmm. and she falls. So I don't know. I don't, I don't I don't subscribe to the fact that she was always dead. Mm-hmm. I think that she she is very much alive in the story. I think that she just relapsed. Um, I feel like she, her not being seen by people is how she's felt her whole life. Like you don't see me. This is how this is the kind of pain I'm in. But because she can't articulate that to people, they don't see her for who she really is. They see her for being just being a drug addict. You're just a drug addict. You're just a junkie. But what led that person up to X, Y, and Z? So I think that people don't see her because they can't understand who she really is. Um, so I think that's what it, that part I did under. I did think that it was just that was how they played out that she, people don't see who she really is because she is going through this deep depression and she it seems like has OCD and maybe other other things. She has a, it seems like she has a number of problems. Um, but I don't think that she died at the end. I think that when she falls back, when they're in the in the crowd, it was just her doing the relapse. I think now you saw, now she got to start over from step one. Because mm-hmm. if you, no matter if you take the, a sip of alcohol, if you're alcoholic, <laughs> right. you start back over at square yeah. one in AA. So I just feel like when, they, when she falls back and you do kind of see the light, I think it's just her starting over. Because mm-hmm. that's what she has to do. It was funny because online right after the episode, there were all these people like, Rue died. This is Rue's death, da 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 da. And so they were acting, asking the creator. And he was like, No, she didn't die. And so people were like, That's what somebody would say who didn't want us to think she would die. <laughs> it was right, like, This D. is Game of Thrones it's all Game over. But it's a season two. Yeah. So we, we, like, uh, we, we know, know, but. I think it's a season two because season one was so successful. It, it was supposed to be. They didn't know what it was going to be. That's why I think episode, the finale ended where it could have ended or it could have continued. And they were like, oh, y'all like this. Let's make this money. Yes. Season two. And <laughs> Put this money on. Put that money on. But I don't know how I feel about a season two. I feel like they're going to ruin it. I'm good if it's more of Detective Rue and um, (laughs) and Lieutenant Lizzie. (laughs) That's going to be the whole show. (laughs) I feel like they're going to ruin it. I I feel like we are all still, you know, shell-shocked a little bit from Game of Thrones. Um, I think that we're all kind of still trying to heal from that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're very untrusting of the writers. But I feel like because right, this so. man, because this man is telling you his own story, I feel very—he's telling us his story. This isn't based on one thing. Now he's just going to tell the next chapter. So I, I, I trust him because he's done a great job at at giving them good source material for the people to act act it out. Other than I'm sorry, with not not McKayneal, but everybody else. We'll see. We'll see. I think I think season two is going to be phenomenal. We'll see. That's going to be phenomenal. I'm nervous. I'm like, let's do this shit. No expectations. I don't have any expectations either yeah. I love of this what's about to happen. Yeah. I really I was glad the show was over, to be honest. Why? It was just too anxiety-producing for me. And, and then, <laughs> like, to uh, Julio's point, the first four episodes to me were a lot better than the last yeah, four and, episodes. And like, it I just kind of dragged on at points. Exactly, I agree that episode seven is the best episode. I feel like episode eight, uh, it just 
it was just kind of blah. It was really just them sitting around the table at the social. Yeah, and I don't want to see any more of Nate. Like, uh, no more. I think we get, Nate got to get his uh, come up. And, mm, he had his I little rage-filled <laughs> tra- uh, temp, temper tantrum. and They need to kill him off I'm like okay a good old boy from 13 Reasons Why. I am... F- Damn, spoiler to yeah, anybody who wasn't watching. Well, no, that's a given. That was a given. That's a, that was a preview. Oh, I don't know. I have. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I've only watched first season one. Yeah, I just watched season one. Yeah. What? what mm, mm, mm. Look at Julio just dropping passes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm fine. I would be fine if there was no season two. Honestly, I would not. I'm, I would, I'm completely I'm completely satisfied with what I got. And how it ended. Like I she could be exactly. dead. Yeah. I, 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 it ending being an open ending like this. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. I we can go on and on forever with. Oh, did she die? Did did this mean this? And did this mean that? And doesn't really matter. It's still it's still symbolic of these teenagers in this time period. It still it never takes away from that. If she died or not. If she relapsed, that would be sad. But that happens all the time. Yeah. So I feel like if they do a season two and burn it up and just to ashes, I'm gonna be mad. I don't think you can't. It's his story. The man writes and directs his. Well, own it's story. based on the Israeli show. So but how much of that did he? Story though. But how much? How much inspiration did he pull from that to make season one? Combined with his story to make season one so so good, and how much of that? I didn't watch the original. I don't, I don't know. Show. I think it was four seasons of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe he. I don't know. Nice surprise me. I'm excited. I hope there's, I hope there's another because I thought this was some good TV. It was very good TV. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, one more thing before we wrap up, like uh, back to Detective Rue. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when I re when I rewatched it, the I didn't really notice it the first time, but in the rewatch. She she has the she's has this man that's taking she's walking down the aisle and she's walking real fast and she's just like tweaking and then she looks up at the sky or something and then it like the depression come, like it washes over her face and you see it like slowly gradually come over her face and I'm just like that's how it is like takes you back down yeah and then she just she went from walking real fast like a fucking crackhead to just drag and I'm like that's how that shit is like it feels like somebody put. 300 pounds on you and said now walk around yeah. life and do everything yeah. that you're supposed to do. and you just can't do it like you just cannot do it yeah. so anyway I, I think everybody I thought it was I'm, I'm like I really 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 enjoyed this show and that's why I told uh, Kiki I don't think we should be watching this and years and years because then you really gonna be sad and depressed so just one or the other I think I was more I started years and years I think I'm like, okay okay I was more depressed on years and years because oh, there was I, was, I was straight up depressed on years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was just more this because years and years is real life. And it's, it's right now. It's right now, <laughs> and a lot of this stuff in this show because I, you know, we were we were teenagers. Like we lived through a lot of this, mm-hmm. you know, and we survived. We came out the other end. Like mm-hmm. when you're a teenager, you think that end of the, everything is in yeah, the world. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm so in love with this person. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, no. Al had nobody's my friend. I'm all alone. I was like, I was like girl, just live a little longer. You gonna want to be alone? Be like, oh, solitude. Get the can fuck I, away. Can I get a break? Right. I get a minute. Right. 
Um, so yeah, that was good. This it, it was I was happy I watched this because I had to offset it with another shitty ass show I was watching. So, well, what was that? Y'all, please don't watch this show called Carnival Row. Please don't watch it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We gotta get into that next time. Like, please we don't, don't have watch time. it. Y'all, I'm not, we're going to get into it I right now. I wasn't going to watch it. I hadn't heard of it. Kiki, Kiki, you on, you, on, you on the right path in life. Please don't watch this shit. I have wait, how many hours of my life I cannot, the sweet baby Jesus cannot get me back because I spent it on this fucking show trying to understand what was going on. Oh. And guess what? Nothing was really going on. It's not that deep. It was, I couldn't turn from it though. This is another. I had to finish when, it. When the, I was, I was, um, the ending was just. Especially the ending, I was like, man, this was so stupid and dumb. But on the way towards it, I was entertained. I was like, well, what? What? I was not. I, I was, was entertained. Like, Why am I still watching this? <laughs> Why don't I just stop watching this? Why can't I stop Why watching Why couldn't you this? stop watching it? Next episode. <laughs> Why couldn't you stop watching skip, it? Skip the intro. I was trying to figure out the fucking uh, mystery. Right. But when I got to the end, I was like... Goddamn, Illyria saying, does it again. I could have wrote this. <laughs> I could have wrote this. That's what I said, Mel. I was like, Goddamn, Illyria saying, does it again. She, she doing the same shit she was doing same back shit. in the day, a couple months ago. So, we're going to write her a new fucking character. Yeah, I don't even know. Okay. I'm going to make you a show. I don't know what your real name is. I'm going to make her she a show. She don't need to be in nothing fantasy ever again. And I'm such a, I love fantasy so much. I love steampunk. I thought this was going to be like my perfect, this shit was tear. <laughs> I thought you were going to like it because it was. Fantasy, but it was still R-rated. It was fairy fucking. It was shit writing. <laughs> I definitely don't and it was really gory. Shit. It was. It had all the elements that I love. Right. All the elements that I love. Give me a fairy. And it was kind of depressing. <laughs> and it was dark. It was dark, and it was depressing. It was raining. Too. It was raining all the time. Um, because it was. <laughs> it was still war. It was immigrants and the other. It was political in that sense. So what the fuck. That ending was just. Wow. I, y'all, please. Wow. Let me go ahead. Let me tell y'all about it next week because I don't want you to waste your life like I had wasted mine. Man, give and, Orlando Bloom his money. And that damn girl, if they don't stop putting this bitch <laughs> in, she is a model. I have seen oh. I have seen her in a number of things and she needed to go back to the runway. She is not a good actor. Kara, the whatever, blah, blah. I can't. <laughs> her only blah, blah. look is, you know what it is? Blue Steel. Calm down. It's the same look. Your face, it's not expressive. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it was just so terrible. I want to pull my hair out. I wanted to just pull my hair out by the root. I hate that fucking show so much. But you finished it. But I finished the damn thing. And then I was listening to an, another podcast. I had to turn the podcast. I got mad at the people in the podcast. Because they, they loved dumb it. Dumbs. It's about, it was so great world building. I don't know anything about this world. How the fuck you have a show with this many hours? I don't know nothing about the fairy land. I don't know about these people that look kind of like goats. I don't know what's happening in the bird. Oh, what that storyline. I'm sorry, we talking about boring. shit that y'all don't know. I'm going to say that whole show felt like three separate stories, stories together. Carnival Row. So, um, it was kind of helter-skelter. It was just yeah. hodgepodge of foolishness. It was. Tomfoolery and shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. What are we doing next? I don't even know. Oh, we have a... Uh... What is that? We got what? <laughs> We have a, we have a special guest. Yeah, um, my social worker. We were going to um, talk to her. Not not my social worker. Not my social worker. Put that one. <laughs> talk about things. I'm holding I'm my like social worker. That's, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> that is not your baby. What are you doing over there? Um, 
No, but she loved Euphoria as well, mm-hmm. and you know she worked with the youth, and we're gonna get her input real quick. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, we are gonna wrap it up tonight, and we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Deuces. Bye. Bye.